Now it's time for Tennessee Wildcast, live from Studio B at the TWRA headquarters in Nashville. Here are your hosts, Doug and Jason. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Jason Harmon, and right next to me here is Mr. Doug Markham. And also Mr. Brand Simcox, Brandon Simcox of our Fisheries Division. He's our Rivers and Streams Coordinator, and we're going to be talking about trout today. We are, and a little warm water stuff, too. Yep. We are. He's a good fisherman. He is. He's a good, We've good got fisherman. some pictures to show. And you need to go fishing with Brandon. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Doug rarely gets me on. I mean, I, I, we'll just leave it. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a great show, talking trout, and we're, we're live on Facebook. It's winter time again. Yeah, it's winter time. Winter trout stocking is going to be coming around. But uh, if you're on Facebook and you want to comment or ask questions or watch us, you know, you can do all that right there on Facebook. Yeah. All right. Well, good. We're live. And uh, we'll figure out a way one day to tell you when we're going to be live. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give you a heads up. We'll keep it out here, too. Tell your friends about it. If you're into trout, you're going to like this show a lot, this winter trout program. And trout in general, Brandon's going to get in on all of that in here in a few minutes. And then... Uh, with what we got time left, we'll go warm water, catch a few smallmouth out of these local creeks yep, yep. in Tennessee. You got a guest here today. Yes. We can't turn the camera around, but who's your guest? Yeah, Miss uh, Christy Bullock. She's from uh, North Carolina Wildlife Commission, Resources Commission. And uh, she's job shadowing us today and seeing how we operate as far as our, our wildcast goes, our podcast goes. And she's thinking about doing one in, in her state. Uh, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Yep. Wildlife. Yep. Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they anyway, decide to call we, it. We appreciate Christy being here, and, and that's, a, that's a long trip over from what is a beautiful state. Awesome state. Yep. Anyway. So All right. She's the marketing director there. Marketing director. Okay. Mm-hmm. She yep. says that makes lots big bucks over there. <laughs> yeah, I know. We all wish. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Christy, for being here. Brandon, thanks for being on. Before we get there, let's talk about Saturday real yes. quick, okay? The opening what, of gun season. It's the big day, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And uh, we are going to be out. Our guys are going to be out. Gals are going to be out working uh, check stations, and those check stations are listed on our website, tnwildlife.org. Jason can scroll down and show you that because what we want, if you don't mind, I know the convenience of those cell phones let you check in now, and uh, you don't have to go to a check station anymore. But if you're around one of these counties, we really need your help. There's an article written by Matt Cameron telling you what's going on and what CWD is, chronic wasting disease, and how we don't want to have it in Tennessee, North Carolina. You guys don't have it over there, and y'all don't want it either. Um, but we want you to take your deer to one of these places and let us take samples from them. Uh, there's a bunch of places across the state. That doesn't mean checking stations aren't open normally like they are everywhere. They're going to be open like always. Um, but these are where our personnel is going to be trying to get tissue samples from deer so that we can see if they have chronic wasting disease. We don't think so. We don't. We hope not, but we got to collect at least 1,500 samples this year, 1,500 mm-hmm. deer, and we need your help. So. Yep, and also up. right there on our homepage is the regulations. So if you don't know what you need as far as licenses or whatnot, click on that regulations button and, and uh, figure out what you need okay. and go get it. And one other thing, there's been some trouble with some of our, our – app users um more i think it's some of the samsung phones and some of the folks that are using um, the droid based the, yeah, yeah droid based 
if you can't go in through your app right now, go through the agency's website app. You can download, put that on your phone too, and just go straight to the. Yeah, just go to the web on your phone, yeah. and and you can go to Go Outdoors Tennessee and check your deer in. Just like about as quick. Just through the web, or, or you can use the app. Either way. Yeah, yeah. If that's going good, thing. yeah, the app we're working on and, and and not and doing great, but there's just a few issues out there. We're hearing from some of you, and we want right. to make sure you know how to handle that. Okay. All right. Anything yeah. else before we talk to Brandon? Um, I don't think so. There's a lot going on. I'm excited about this show. Yeah. I'm going to look right. at some fish. All right. Well, all right, Brandon, let's talk fishing because mm-hmm. we have been talking hunting a lot over here lately, and, and uh, there's still a lot of angling going on. Yeah, it's a great time of year. It is sure. awesome. Brandon's telling me all about the fish he's been catching, and it just hurts my feelings. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to fish. Because <laughs> he knows how to oh, fish. A lot younger, too. But anyway, you are also... <laughs> You're in charge of, of helping a lot with the trout program in Tennessee, and the winter right. trout is coming up. What does that mean when we call it winter trout? So the winter trout program, well, going back, it really started in the late 90s uh, here in Nashville. Um, we stocked some fish below the Percy Priest Dam. Um, there was really generated a lot of excitement from that. And so what we're doing now is we're stocking across the state, um, in areas that really have very limited or no trout fishing access possible. So in the wintertime, when water temperatures drop, um, we're able to put fish out, trout out, and uh, are able to survive and uh, there for anglers to utilize. Similarly, when it first came out, we sort of caught it the urban program or something like that. And it's really, right. it's not exactly right. What it is, though, is you are putting it in areas where a little closer to where there are a lot of folks mm-hmm. and where they're not normally, where these fish normally couldn't go. Right, and they're they're generally in areas that have really good access. They, they really are. Good they're point. they're urban. They're very family-friendly. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And, they, and, again, the waters gets cold, so they can live there. There's a cold, a cold water species, right. so they can live there for a while, but we want people to take a limit because come summer they're not yeah, going to make it. they're not going to make it. Nope. Yeah. And, and what we've seen from some of the krill surveys that have been done is most of those fish that are put in, they are they are utilized by anglers. So Okay. And if somebody wants to see when the program starts and where these fish are going to be stocked, what do they do? Yeah, you can go on to the website under the streams and rivers on tnwildlife.org, and we have the schedule up there um, right now. Um, there is possibilities that it will change. Uh, that's due to maybe inclement weather, things like that, but... The dates that are on there are the scheduled stocking dates, so the truck will be there that day. And, and it has happened through the years where it's too cold, something happens, truck freezes over, too much ice on the ramps, whatever it happens to be, but you're really good about rescheduling and showing where it's been rescheduled. Right, yeah. If anything happens, we'll, we'll update it as soon as we can, we'll put it right up there on the website. And so, um, yeah, check it. You know, When you're about to get ready to go out, check it, make sure it, it's getting stocked that day and head on out that's a lot of waters so you're showing it right now and that's it's uh yep, that's november a, 28th that's the day huh that's yep that's the, the first one and where do you stock mainly are you in are you all over the state or are you just in portions of the state well so we're in uh 31 counties now where we're doing this um it's a lot of it is in west tennessee uh here in middle tennessee and a little bit up on the plateau um, we've got about 42, I think 42 different stocking locations that we're doing for the winter trout program. Okay, and do, why don't you go more east? Why aren't you over in East Tennessee with the winter trout? Well, those opportunities for trout angling um, are pretty readily accessible okay. over that way. So said so this program is really an opportunity to expand those op- uh, trout fishing opportunities 
um, outside of those areas where people aren't having to drive all the way from Memphis all the way up to, okay. you know, the Smokies and all that. The Tennessee River system's not ideal for, for trout during the right. most of the time of year where East Tennessee has all those cold bodies mm-hmm. of water. Right. All right, good deal. So even even if there's not winter trout in East Tennessee, there's plenty of trout in East Tennessee. Oh, right, yeah, No problem sure. catching them. What, what are you stocking? What kind of fish? So for the winter trout program, it's rainbow trout. Okay, and yeah. basically how big are they? So they'll average about 10 inches. Um, uh, part of the winter trout program, we do provide bonus fish. And so uh, one or two fish up to four or five pounds will be thrown in at each one of those stockings. So there's a real uh, real good chance of catching a good one. I know y'all had a show um, earlier in the year, last year, where a, a gentleman came in. And he caught a monster out, out of the Harpeth River. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome it was watching him catch it. Yeah, it's a great video. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's still out there somewhere. And uh, we're going to get to uh, albino trout. I want to talk about those in a minute. What yeah. what the agency's doing? We got a little clip of video of that too to show. Yeah. So when we get there, let me know. Okay, you can go ahead and start putting it up there here in a second. Okay. I, give me about thirty seconds to work on this right here, because <laughs> 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 I might try to find me a place to go. Uh, uh, all right. So out there on our site are all the, you've named everywhere all the streams that are available. If you don't know how to get to those streams, what's the best way to find them? So we do. We have a map. Um, okay, it's good. also on that same page there. It's our stocking map. Um, you can click on that, pull it up, and each of the stockings will be, it'll be a little bullet point there. Um, they're color-coded for each of the different programs that we have. And so, yeah, you can click right on that. There's, um, you can get directions right to it. It's kind of like a Google Earth kind of right. Google Maps. And so, yeah. You How can, easy can you yeah, get? I mean, it's right there. Yeah. Um, and you fish for them some yourself, Oh, right? for sure, yeah. You just love to fish yeah. all the time. Uh, you said bonus fish. I, I want to make sure folks understand what that means. You're talking about it's a larger fish among the smaller fish. It doesn't mean you can keep an extra pasture limit, right? Right. No, yeah. It's a, it's a seven fish limit, no, no uh, size limit on them. Um, the bonus fish is, it's just, uh, it's one or two fish that we throw into each of the stockings or provide a kind of a very unique, uh, exciting opportunity to catch. And like I said, this year with the picture up, um, uh, we've got the albino trout going in this, this year. So what um, is an albino trout? So that is an, that is a rainbow trout. Um, those fish actually came from, uh, Dale Hollow. Um, they get their eggs. Dale Hollow National Hatchery? National okay. Fish Hatchery, yeah. Okay. Um, those eggs actually came from Ennis National Fish Hatchery in uh, outside of Bozeman, Montana. Oh wow! And so okay. they're Del- beautiful. Yeah, they're, they are. Yeah. Um, and so they get those fish as mainly a display fish there at Dale Hollow National Fish Hatchery. Well, they received uh, quite a big allotment of eggs this year, uh, more than they requested, and so they had some additional fish. And so they approached us and some of our guys, and and they came up with the idea of. Um, trying to put them out give uh, in the winter trout stockings to give people an opportunity to catch them and you know they're they're an awesome like I said they're they're a rainbow trout um, what it is is you take a male um, albino a female albino that have a, a homozygous a recessive gene and oh, all, their o- all their offspring <laughs> okay. show up as uh, our, our albino trout so, okay yeah can you change? Can you uh, help Doug out with those terms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that means they they, but they're not. They can't reproduce. Right. Or can they reproduce? Well, they, yeah, they okay. can. Yep. And so uh, Dale Hall is going to look into uh, maybe trying to uh, spawn a few for us. And, okay. Um, and yeah, and I so guess they we'll have be to reproduce. To but yeah, if they they they're not going to because that's what we're going to get. Yeah, they're going to yeah. say we're catching them. Are they reproducing <laughs> in our waters? That's what I'm getting at. No, well, they, so these are all those. These are all stocked out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully, you know, this is a very unique opportunity this year. It's kind of, you know, as far as I know, it's the first time we've been able to do this in Tennessee. 
Um, hopefully, moving forward, we'll be able to continue that, but it's going to depend on, you know, eggs and, and being able to raise these oh, fish up. people are going to like it, and they're, yeah. they're just going to love that thing, and, and uh, I think it's a cool idea to get it out and do it, and I hope folks get off the couch and uh, go go fishing. Yeah. You're not going to be watching UT in a bowl game this year. <laughs> you might as well go fishing, right? Uh, We're Vanderbilt. Hey, we still, yeah. there's still a chance. There's still a chance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, maybe. All right. Um, all right. So this is, this is going to go on from when to when? So it's starting here November 28th, and it'll go through uh, into March. Um, that's so a long time. It is, yep. And uh, a lot of the areas will get stocked at least twice. Some of them will – you know, get four or five stockings. Um, it really just depends. And, uh, you know, West Tennessee will get cranked up a little bit in December. Uh, here in Middle Tennessee, it's getting cranked up in next week and or a few weeks. And uh, so, yeah, so it'll go on through March. It's hard to believe it's been in the 90s. I remember when Frank Fiss, he's our chief of fisheries now, he mm-hmm. had a hand in getting it started, and Tim Cleveland, the regional manager, region two. And yeah. it's just hard to believe it's already – been that long ago since this program got started and been very popular since the day yeah. day day it went. Now you are doing a study though to see how popular, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, we'll be out on ten of the winter trout stockings this year. Um, some in West Tennessee, um, a few here in Nashville and Kingston Springs, and then a few up on the plateau. And we'll be interviewing anglers, looking at catch rates. Uh, seeing how everybody's doing, if they're having a good time out there, just kind of try to get an idea of, of all what's going on in each of the stockings so we can kind of adjust some of our management strategies and make fishing even better out there for them. You know, there's an option here, too. I've gone to a lot of the stockings, and, and, it, and we get stocked by Del Hollow National Hatchery and then by Flintville Hatchery. Mm-hmm. A lot of work done there. Teleco Hatchery does a lot of work, right. and, yeah. and you might name some more. I don't want to leave anybody out. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've gone to a lot of them, and I've seen everything from the rod and reel guy tossing corn or the rod and reel guy tossing little inline spinners right. to the fly fishermen wear them out. I mean, yeah. I've seen fly fishermen just have a great time at this winter stuff catching yeah. them. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I I, me personally, I like to use a different. I, I'll throw the inline spinners every once in a while. I'll throw big, you know, big woolly boogers, things like that. Those fish, they're pretty aggressive coming off the truck. I mean, you'll be surprised. You know, they drop the tube in, they slide the fish in, and I mean, there's guys standing there, and you know, you're, you're catching fish almost right away. And so. I've seen them almost as they came down the tube <laughs> catch them. <laughs> and, but every now and then, I don't, you know more about it than I do, Brandon. But every now and then, there'll be those days where they don't start right away. Yeah, well, that's true. But when yeah, they start, sure. watch out. Yeah. So, and, you know, they come from a long way. Sometimes that truck has to go a couple hours mm-hmm. to travel before they get to where they're going. Yeah, so, for sure. So it might might make make a difference. There's so. some great videos on Facebook and YouTube of of past releases and people having a good time catching them. So check out our YouTube page and Boy. check out our Facebook. And Yeah, if you scroll down yeah. from where we are right now, you'll mm-hmm. see that albino video that yes. Barry Cross put together, right. too. He went to the hatchery and, and did a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it's a great video yeah. about those albinos, and it's you don't have to go too far down the page to find that. Mm-hmm. So here we go. It's an, it's another year, Brandon. Um, what time generally do these trout get delivered to a body of water? So it really depends. The trucks will make uh, multiple stops throughout the day, um, but most of them are happening kind of, you know, that early mid-afternoon um, is when they're when they're getting out and uh, actually being able to put in. We don't announce those stocking times, the actual time. We you know we announce the day, but. Um, uh, you know the trucks they have they'll have different routes for the day and so yeah it kind of just really varies and the bodies of water vary too i've i've mm-hmm. seen i've seen you guys stock streams that you could almost jump across 
And right. I've seen you po- small ponds small. up to lakes and bigger rivers or bigger streams. Right, yeah, we have, I mean, the Percy Priest tailwater, tailwater right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have some uh, 90, about 90-acre 90 lakes that we're putting them in to small half-acre municipal ponds. And uh, so, yeah, it really varies. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Takes them down. Uh, my friend Vernon Summer and I were below the the uh, dam here in Percy in, in at Percy Priest, mm-hmm. uh, Stones River Tailwater, right, and right. we were down there a couple of years ago, and we were actually trolling. Oh gosh, I bet we were two or three miles down from the stream, and mm-hmm. we were catching trout down yeah. there. Uh, we were casting for a while, and then as we moved, we troll, and yeah. and he cut, was catching a bunch of them. So mm-hmm. the point I'm making is these things do travel. They got oh, enough time do. to move on. Yeah, when I first got here. Um, the winter trout program was already over with. It was all finished up when I actually uh, moved into my position. And uh, I got a call from a guy catching a fish on the Harpeth, um, eight miles from the closest stocking um, there in Franklin. And it was a nice fish, too. It was like an 18-inch trout. It was one of our bigger fish that, wow. We, wow. that we stocked out that year. So. Uh, Vernon caught one below. We were talking before the show started uh, about some sturgeon that's been caught below Cheatham mm-hmm. down here in Middle Tennessee. Vernon caught a trout there. Also, uh, oh, I guess it's six or seven years ago, and it wasn't a big fish. It yeah. was a stock in size. Yeah. So I don't know where it came from Who to knows? get up there. Yeah. Uh, so they, they travel. They do. And, yeah. And and uh, don't be surprised if you catch them a long way from where they go in. But the best thing to do is get there shortly after they go yep. in and have a good time. Do you cook them? Do you eat them? I do. Yeah. Yeah, He's, I do. I. Uh, I, I usually grill them. I'll wrap them in aluminum foil, oil, a bunch of seasoning, herbs on them, maybe some lemon slices, things like that. And that's usually how I cook them. I need to get into, I mean, I like fried fish, and, and frying trout is, is great too, pan frying them or pan cooking them. And so um, I, I haven't really played around with that too much. But, yeah, I like to, I like to grill them. Okay. Hey, t- they taste great. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to stop the show and go eat? <laughs> Go catch. Uh, well, uh, did you? I don't know if y'all noticed, but every time he said we caught fish, Vernon was the one catching the yeah. fish. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, I got to give Doug a hard time. Vernon would say the same thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, all right, Brandon. Let's talk a little bit. Unless you want to finish up a little bit on the on the trout, we're going to remind them a bunch between now and get you back on here too yeah. to talk how it's going and and how your study's going with everyone and encourage mm-hmm. them before we leave because you you also that Tennessee trout plan that's going on. Right. Did. Have you talked about that some too? So, yeah. So we just uh, completed our statewide trout management plan. Um, That really is kind of going to be our guiding foundation over the next 10 years to really set our management strategies moving forward. And so the the plan is very broad, um, addressing issues, broad issues like um, fishing access and biosecurity and our hatchery programs. It's not so much uh, specific resource, you know, river uh, specific management, but kind of uh, uh, broader strategies that we need to explore moving forward as, as angler opinions and objectives change. We, we try so, to address those. No, don't just throw fish in there. Let's see how it's right, going. Exactly. And you said a word again that I asked in the break, and just for everybody out there, what does biosecurity mean when you're talking about trout? So, yeah, so that's something that, uh, you know, as even with the CWD, things like that in the wildlife side, um, on the trout side, that we have some things knocking on our door, uh, gill lice, whirling disease, some things like that that we just need to be aware of and kind of... That uh, can make them sick? I can, yeah, and that we need to just, you know, make sure and, and we do our part to, to uh, you know, keep Tennessee that's, waters... Yeah, that's part of what you guys upstairs, one side's wildlife, one side's fisheries, one of the things y'all have to worry about 
managing an entire population of, of fish and wildlife is disease. Mm-hmm. Disease is it's there, and, and we try to make it as little as possible, right? Right. right. So. Yep. And so, yeah, so the trout management plan, we took uh, public input, and we incorporated a lot of that Good. into it. And, you know, a lot of the comments kind of already fell into the broader scope of it. But, yeah, we received uh, – you know, a whole variety of comments. We got comments from some of our uh, partners that we like to cooperate with. The Trout Unlimited provided some comment, and so it was good. And so we incorporated all that, just finished up, and so we'll be looking to put that on the website for anybody to review, look at. You know, they can. Uh, it'll it should be up there sometime soon. We're a pretty serious trout state. We're we're not other than the the southern brookies over way up in right. the mountains. That's our native trout. But mm-hmm. but the brown trout and the brook trout and albino and the lake trout and all that stuff are not native, correct? Right, correct. But but yep. they've been here so long now they seem like they yeah, are. Yeah, they are, you know, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of the rainbow trout, brown trout up in East Tennessee are are naturalized populations now. I mean, there are wild populations of rainbows and browns and all that. So. Naturally reproducing up there. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. And so uh so yeah I mean, they're, they're a fixture in Tennessee trout fishing, you know, for, from now on, for sure. Um, you know, we do continue to work and, and work on our southern Appalachian brook trout populations and restore those populations where we can. But, um, yeah, brown trout, rainbow trout, they're definitely, they're here to stay, for sure. All right, that southern trout, it's a lot. I don't know if I've ever caught a brookie, maybe maybe a few, but they don't get very large. It's more the challenge of finding where they are. It is, and, and it, it takes you to some really beautiful areas, for sure. Except I mean, similar to this on the screen. Yep, that's yeah, probably my, that's my... Show them some pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my favorite wild trout stream right there. That's actually a stream that uh, TWA, along with a bunch of cooperators, uh, restored to a southern Appalachian brook trout uh, mm-hmm. population that's, that was left prong of the Hampton Creek um, up in East Tennessee. That's some beautiful country up in there. It is, it and, is. And is that a brookie? That is, that is a brook trout I caught actually out of uh, left prong. Is. That's, uh, you know, like I said, they don't typically get too big. I mean... You know, for a, a 10-inch brook trout would be a true – a southern Appalachian uh, brook trout is really a, a really nice fish. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I say they don't get big. Those don't. But a few years ago, brook trout were going into the Caney Fork here in the middle of Tennessee. Right, yeah. Were they southern brook trout? No, those are a northern strain okay. of, of because brook trout. Because they were getting big. Oh, yeah. In fact, they, we got yeah. a state record that came out of there yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, well over four pounds, I believe, yeah, yeah out of the Caney. Okay. Are they still doing okay in there? Yeah. Yep. We're still stocking them. Um, we actually uh, just stocked Caney, Hawassi, some of the other uh, tailwaters just got a big allotment of some very nice sized uh, brook trout that just went in. So, yeah, they're there. Mm, okay. And the the teleco hatchery is doing a, a lot of work on the southern southern strain. Again. Right. Yep. Still doing that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we're working on some projects up there in Cherokee National Forest, trying to restore some of those streams. Shout out to all our guys that work so hard at hatcheries, but the yeah, ones that sure. are, they they work you just do not realize these fishermen that are catching these these winter trout how early these guys get up and the conditions they get up sometimes working at those hatcheries oh, it's so yeah. cold I don't know how they all their hands are arthritic by the time they get done with all that stuff but. Um, what are the hatcheries that, that produce and, and release trout for us in Tennessee? Okay, so we have, uh, so for the state hatcheries, we have the Flintville. Um, we have Irwin. We have Teleco. Let's see, we have, uh, and Buffalo Springs. And then we cooperate with uh, the Dale Hollow National Fish Hatchery and the Irwin National Fish Hatchery. And so all those, we stock a little over 2 million fish a year. Um, collectively in the state that's, of Tennessee. That's a lot of trout. That's a lot of fish. Do we raise out. any trout or do we get them somewhere and then raise them? So it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, 
Flintville Fish Hatchery gets eggs actually from out west, and they are shipped here. They hatch the eggs, grow them up, and, and those a lot of the winter trout are are those fish coming from Flintville. Um, Dale Hollow will provide us with fish, and we'll send us send them to some of our hatcheries for grow out to grow an advanced size, a little bit bigger fish. Um, so it it really it just it depends. Buffalo Springs actually spawns produces their you know their fish from egg also. So um, yeah, it just really varies. Each hatchery kind of fills a, a different role across the state, and it all you know kind of meshes together to to provide trout. All right, have you shown the shots of? Of Brandon show, holding some fish and Travis holding some fish. Yeah, I was going to show those that I wanted to show this one too. What what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so that was Bad actually uh, yeah we were sampling up on the South Holston, uh, so that's a brown trout out there, and that's actually one of the tailwaters there that we don't we no longer stock brown trout on the South Holston. That is a wild brown oh. trout there. They actually awesome. reproduce and and so yeah we were sampling and uh, usually when we sample we send a little bit of water downstream for us to be able to float the boats and all that so it's not too shallow and uh, I guess one of the frogs hanging out on the side of the bank got swept down and, <laughs> and yeah he got uh, <laughs> he got popped I mean, a, it just goes to show you what I mean a big the, meal. yeah the types of lures <laughs> that you can, and baits you can throw out there for uh, for, for trout, trout. Mm-hmm. and I know you and I both love the trout magnet it's a little bitty but yeah. if you can throw frogs it'd be all right hey, too. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> all right what you got going on here so yeah, that's a uh, that's a fish actually sampled out of the Caney Fork um, this past. Uh, that was actually last uh, last year's sampling. What's that about? Twenty eight inches. Twenty eight inch fish. Yeah, I think that Dude. fish was a little over uh, ten pounds. And rainbow trout from the same. That's uh, about same a twenty stock, inch, uh, twenty and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there are some big fish in the Caney, and that was. So we actually went back out this September. Uh, we had been receiving a lot of complaints about the fishing was getting real tough out there. And on the Candy Fork on River? On the Candy Fork. Yeah, for if you're looking wherever you are, looking Candy Forks in DeKalb County or Middle Putnam County or right, Middle Tennessee, right Smith here County. Right, Middle Tennessee. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we had a rough kind of a warm winter water quality. The temperature in the river was warm and all that. So we had some concerns. And so uh, this is Travis Scott with the Region 3 uh, Fisheries uh, Trout Manager. Uh, we went out and checked it out and did some just kind of hobby shocking. We shocked, you know, probably from the dam down to about uh, Betty's Island, which two main access points there. And we got some really nice fish. They're still there. You know, when, when they get stressed out, it gets hard, uh, hard, to, yeah. hard to catch. But I, I've heard about the demise of the Caney Fork for 25 years. It's always going to be a great river. Yeah, there, there are some absolute hogs in that river for sure. Uh, that's same, another same yeah, day same day that that's uh another really nice uh, brown trout that we that we shocked up that day so yeah the king fork river is uh i think it's like 28 miles long it's a tailwater it goes mm-hmm. into it's actually the way we're set up at tw it's in two different regions right. it's in region three and region two does that change the way you manage stuff or is it just no different no different no actually uh region three are the streams managers over the canyon Fork. okay so they they take care of that river from yep. tailwater on down mm-hmm. all right yep. good deal well they do a great job because it's it's full of fish and yeah for sure and um they get big i have some friends that used to catch the big browns at night i don't know how you know more than i do on that brand how difficult they are to catch during the day but yeah. they seem to be a night fish yeah for sure and you know i thought i had it figured out i went and cast netted up some stone rollers out of the caney and i was like oh man i'm gonna go up to the dam i'm gonna dunk them around up there and this was around the time that that fishing was was getting tough and so i was like if anything's gonna bite they're gonna bite live minnows up at the dam and i didn't catch anything but uh, Frank, you know, our chief that same day, he floated from the dam down to Happy Hollow and they wore him out. So, 
You know, it really, uh, really just depends. It really, it's what, well, what they're hitting that day. The day you start doubting yourself, yep. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. I think it's a good thing that these guys, these biologists, are getting out there and and fishing for themselves and and seeing both sides of it. You know, the biology of too. it, and then just the sportsman side of right. things. I do too. Well, most folks that that work here like to get outdoors, oh, yeah. but I do think sometimes there's folks that think we don't get outdoors, yeah. and yeah. and the guys here love to get outside and. And see what's going and on. Transitioning to that, uh, this is a shot y'all going somewhere. Yeah, that's actually the trail that's left, left prong of the Hampton Creek. That's like I said, that's probably one of my favorite uh, wild trout fisheries. It's one, it's got the Southern Appalachian Brook Trout, but it's also got a lot of historical perspective for the state of Tennessee. The uh, Overmountain Trail uh, goes right up through there. So the Overmountain men that hiked out of the Watauga up into the uh, South Carolina to to uh have a battle with the british uh, yeah. uh came awesome. right up through Look there so it's a lot of uh it's a lot of historical your history and, lesson yeah. for today yeah so it's very cool so okay. that's cool so portions were, of that trail awesome. goes right right through there i mean and that picture makes me think too make sure you got landowner permission when you're trying to access places like like right. this that might be landlocked and things like that right this is actually uh this for sure but this right here is uh cooperatively managed with uh so this is a public access gotcha. all the way up through there there is still some cattle grazing that go on like i said it's cooperative cooperatively managed so uh mm-hmm. you know wouldn't be surprised if you show up there and there's cows walking around but, yeah <laughs> uh but yeah that's always a great I'm, public access up there and here, let's, there's a couple more shots here you fishing what's where'd you get this one that's a trout <laughs> Not only a trout guy, but he likes oh, yeah, one water bass. fishing. I mean, yeah. it, probably every weekend I'm out on the Harpeth for the most part. And Harpeth is here in Middleton, right here in Nashville. I mean, ten minutes from, yeah. from my house, and go and hop in the creek. And that this was actually uh, early fall when it this October when it's still warm. That's uh, there in uh, Kingston Springs, and and just doing a little wade fishing and. Uh, same. That's a and a, another good. Uh, that's a smallmouth. I caught on the Harpeth uh, out of my kayak. Uh, I caught that one on live bait uh, using stone rollers and that that big spotted bass. Which for me, that's the biggest spotted bass I've caught in the Harpeth. Usually, I catch a lot of you know little ten inch, eleven, twelve inch fish, and that one was just right a hair under eighteen. I was hoping I could that's get a big uh, spotted bass the, anywhere. Yeah, I was hoping I could get a tarp fit, you know, a tarp certificate out of it, but I just <laughs> missed it. No way, man. For a creek, yeah, you know, a river, you ought to be able to add a couple yeah, of no, inches yeah, to that. So, um, but yeah. yeah, I caught that that spotted bass just uh, wacky rigging a little four inch worm. I mean, Fun. I like to finesse fish a lot. So you yeah. bring up a good point that, awesome. that the Harpeth River is ten minutes from Nashville, and and there's a creek that runs right through the middle of Nashville called Mill Creek. Mill Creek, and, yeah. and then I think of the Pigeon River or the Little Pigeon over in East Tennessee that runs right through all that, mm-hmm. all that. It's incredible how good these bodies of water are for fishing. Right. That if, yeah. if they're not all polluted like everybody thinks, I think sometimes mm-hmm. think they are. Mm-hmm. If they got smallmouth and trout in them they're good to go oh yeah yeah rock bass rock bass fishing catch some nice uh fish in the harp there too and um yeah so there's good a lot of brim species long ear sunfish you know bluegill oh yeah it's uh they're great resources and you know it's it's crazy it's you know in a lot of places right out your back door and a lot of people don't mm-hmm. even think to go to try to target you know really nice fish just right here in town but they're for sure they're there if you can get there. the kayak in there, it makes it even more fun. Yeah, for That's, sure. You know, you know, it gets you away from, yeah, it gets you away from, you know, the the access points, you paddle upstream, paddle down, you can really get away from a lot of folks, you know, if, if that's what you're wanting to do and uh, yeah, it gets you in a lot of cool places. Let's uh, we need to we'll we'll wrap this up in a few minutes, but let's let's talk about gear just a little bit for everything you're looking at here, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I, there are some folks that are new to Tennessee and just new to fishing in general and 
And sometimes they don't know what size hook to take out there and what line size means and all that. And the thing that I want to emphasize with them, if you're fishing these streams, catching these trout or catching these smallmouth that you're catching, is don't take stuff out there as big as a rope or great yeah, big Yeah, no, ropes. you don't need that for sure. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we're catching 20-inch smallmouth on the harpeth using, you know, medium-action spinning rods with, I mean, anywhere from four to I've got now, I think on my rod, uh, six-pound uh, fluorocarbon is what I'm throwing now just because I like how it gets, gets baits down. It sinks a little better. Um, but, yeah, you don't need, you know, a bunch of expensive heavy tackle. You can get out there with a – you know, lightweight spinning rod and and uh, hook sizes. It really depends. Uh, for when I use like finesse fishing, I'm wacky rigging a lot of stuff. I'll use like a size two drop shot hook or something like that. Okay. You know, so it's not very big. And the, you know. the size of hooks are on the boxes and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. but two, four, six, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. You don't need to go with those. When you start putting those zeros behind the numbers, you're <laughs> right. getting a little big for these strings. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Uh, you know, it's it. It really just can it can vary. You know, I'll switch up if I'm not. I'll throw a lot of top waters like pop bars and things like that. And Fine. I mean, you'll be surprised that you know some of these small bass will still hit big baits. But um, yeah, it's not. You don't really necessarily have to do that for sure. I mean, you can like I said earlier, you can throw a a little trout magnet that's you know tiny mm-hmm. and catch 15, 16 inch smallmouth. You know, it's so yeah. You never know what's going to happen, or go down there with a bucket of minnows and right, and, yeah, and catch them or yeah, catch that, the live bait out of a stream. That's probably become my favorite thing, and you know, I take the cast net out, cast net up stone rollers, and uh, go and and dunk them around, and you know, it's fun. You never know what you're going to catch when you're doing that. Yeah, and this is all over. It's Tennessee's blessed with these streams. Yeah. Oh man, all over this. All place. over. Yeah, it's uh, we're very blessed here for and, sure. And you do though. Jason brought a good point up a while ago. There's a lot of them where you need to knock on that door and get mm-hmm. permission. And back in my heyday of doing it, the stream fishing more, I don't think I ever had anybody tell me no. Right. But there's so. a lot of access. I mean, if you're driving down the road, you're crossing a lot of bridges. There's a lot of places to pull off and, and hop down in some of these streams. And but yeah, you do need to get permission if you're crossing private property and. Yeah, a lot of opportunities from east to west. Yeah, and when you're out there, if you see trash, uh, you know, go pick ahead and pick pick it up. It really, you know, it helps the anglers' cause too for uh, for getting on those, you know, property. If if they see people out there, you know, picking up, you know, trash, falling up, you know, keeping things clean, they're they're more apt to uh, to allow folks to get out there and, and access the property. No doubt about it. And there's people. your fishing tip of the week from Brandon <laughs> yes, sir. you know and while we're on public access though it, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with fishing we had um, uh, Amy Snyder posted something the other day about trespassing and making sure you get permission mm-hmm. she's a wildlife officer in Madison County and it got a lot of commentary out there and there's some folks that think they ought to be able to go out get their deer or their dogs when it crosses private property without asking and that just isn't the case you yep. got to ask for permission to go get your dog or to go get your deer or go get your duck or whatever lands on private property. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's a knock on the door. Somebody had a good comment out there. Go work it out before you go hunting. Go knock mm-hmm. on your neighbor, neighbor's door and say, if it crosses, can I come get it? Get to know your neighbors. Yeah. And, and, and most of the time, guys are going to let you come get I mean, you know. Yeah, I would yep. if I had any property. <laughs> anyway, you got anything else for Brandon? I, I think we about covered it all. What do you think? I think so. Brandon did show. great. Yeah, good show. Good. We'll get you back in here when we get stocking. And again, uh, go out on the website, tnwildlife.org, 
and look for under four anglers. Mm-hmm. You'll find the winter trout stocking. And Brandon is constantly updating stuff because I see his stuff come through yeah, all the time. You probably get sick of me. <laughs> no, no, no. You do a great job, Brandon. You've been good for Tennessee, for TWRA, and for the fishermen. Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll keep them all updated with your stuff, okay? Awesome. All right, Christy, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks, Christy. We appreciate uh, you. Appreciate you sitting in with us. And, Tell uh, the folks in North Carolina hello. Hope to see uh, North Carolina Wildcast come out soon. That's right. <laughs> No, this is uh, Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for watching. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on uh, YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram. Hey, we're we're doing, out there. We're doing it. It's, it. There's no reason you can't keep up with what your wildlife agency is doing in Tennessee. And it's we out want there. If you want to you keep informed. up, you can. Yep. We're not trying to hide anything. We're trying to keep y'all having fun in the outdoors. Maybe a few things. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're kidding. All right. Got to go. All right. We'll see you all next time.